Welcome to The Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can build a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. We cannot have the recovery status quo as we were before COVID. It's got to be different. The Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations, Amina Mohammed, speaking at the latest Great Reset Dialogue, where leading voices from around the globe gathered online to discuss restoring the health of people and the planet. Another speaker was the President of Costa Rica. If there is global inequality in the recovery, there is not going to be full recovery for the whole of the world. And the chief executive officer of Unilever said companies no longer had an excuse to avoid serious action on climate change. Frankly, any company that hasn't already got a net zero ambition of some sort should be ashamed of themselves. Subscribe to The Great Reset on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please take a moment to like, rate, and review us. I'm Robin Pomeroy, digital editor at the World Economic Forum. And with highlights from the latest Great Reset Dialogue, This is The Great Reset. Every fortnight, the World Economic Forum brings leaders and experts from around the world together online to look at various aspects of how the world can recover from the COVID-19 pandemic and do so in a way that means we can tackle some of the big issues that often seem impossible, reducing poverty and inequality, for example, or finally taking action on climate change. To see the full hour-long Great Reset dialogue on restoring the health of people and planet, follow the link that's on our podcast page, wf.ch slash podcast. In this podcast episode, we're bringing you just a flavour, highlights from that session. Unilever, the maker of consumer products from Domestos to Ben & Jerry's ice cream, recently said it would be net zero by 2039. Its chief executive, Alan Jope. Frankly, any company that hasn't already got a net zero ambition of some sort should be ashamed of themselves. When a company says it will go net zero, that means it sets a date by which it won't produce any greenhouse gas emissions, or if it can't achieve complete zero by then, it will offset those emissions that it's still producing by things such as carbon sequestration, using methods to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Alan Jope said his company had a five-point plan to ensure it was achieving environmental and social goals and urged other companies to follow suit. At the most fundamental level, we've got to recognise that our 20th century business models are redundant for the 21st century. We cannot keep running our businesses and our economies in a way that just borrows continuously from tomorrow. And so we're proposing five changes that business can and must make and that we're making. Uh, The first of those is to commit to a multi-stakeholder business model. The myopic focus on shareholders we now I think understand destroys value um, because it ignores the interdependencies that we all live with. The second change is to actively price in major externalities in the business that will help address the big challenges today and notably carbon. We recently committed to net zero emissions from all our products by 2039 and a clean futures program where we'll replace all our fossil fuel based carbon ingredients with carbon from renewable and recycled sources. Thirdly, uh, we have to operate within planetary boundaries using a circular rather than a linear model. Uh, We just can't keep going with this take, make, dispose approach. So we're going to have our use of virgin plastic by 2025, which is just around the corner. And we're going to collect and process more plastic than we sell by 2025 as well. Uh, Making sure, of course, that all of our plastic is recyclable. And by the way, government can help here by mandating EPR schemes rather than uh, simple tax schemes. Fourthly, we believe in mandatory reporting and non-financial metrics. 
the WEF, uh, IBC, the International Business Council, has developed a fantastic framework that brings together the best practice. But without mandatory and standardized non-financial reporting, investors simply cannot price risk or compare companies. And then the last point is fair value distribution. Of course, making sure that executives um, are rewarded based on social and environmental metrics, not just financial metrics. That as companies, we pay a fair living wage to our employees, but also that we look up and down our value chain for inequities that need to be addressed. That'll be central to, to tackling inequality in society today. So those are our five tips that we would have um, rooted, by the way, in better reporting and non-financial metrics to build a more sustainable future for business. I'll just go through some of the terms Alan Jope used there. He talked about pricing in externalities. Externalities are the costs associated with a product that are paid not by the consumer or the producer, but by the environment and wider society, such as the emission of pollution or greenhouse gases or the generation of plastic waste. A circular system is when you reuse or recycle rather than dispose of post-consumer waste, such as plastic packaging. EPR is extended producer responsibility. It's a policy under which producers have to take responsibility for the treatment or disposal of what's left after the consumer has finished with the product. And when he refers to non-financial reporting, that's when companies issue regular reports on things other than merely profit and loss. So, for example, on their progress towards net zero carbon emissions. For more information on these terms, check out the article that accompanies this podcast. Just visit wef.ch slash podcast. Amina Mohamed is a former Nigerian environment minister who, in her role as special advisor to the UN Secretary General, led the work creating the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, the targets on a range of vital issues that the world is hoping to achieve by 2030. Mohamed, now Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations, addressed the impact that the pandemic was having on progress towards those goals. COVID puts a pause on everything. It certainly hasn't put a pause on climate change, nor poverty, nor all the issues we had when we shaped the agenda for the SDGs. And so I think it's very important to see that the framework is needed even more now. Um, and that when we really think about it, just a month before COVID, uh, we were not on track for the SDGs. So see COVID as not to pause the agenda, but to reinforce it and to use it as an opportunity to tackle the goals as we look at these investments. The investments that Amina Mohammed is referring to there are the economic rescue and fiscal stimulus packages that governments around the world are undertaking. Money that proponents of a great reset say must be channeled into cleaner, smarter and fairer ways of doing business. We cannot have the recovery status quo as we were before COVID. It's got to be different. Um, it gives us the opportunity for a greener economy, more circular, um, uh, greener jobs, uh, better education, migrating our informal sector, using technology onto platforms that um, you know, young people can now engage with the formal economy. Um, so I think you know, putting that spotlight, that x-ray on what governments are going to be doing um, with those stimulus packages, but again, making the call, the first call, which is this global response needs resources in countries across the world. Um, it, we, we need to go further. The reality is that as we look at the spending, you know, those with the resources are looking inwards. And, and quite frankly, if we need a global response, they need to look outwards. The, you know, the oxygen mask has been put on your face and you're breathing very well. Many others are not. The knock-on effect of the lockdown has been a socioeconomic crisis. 
The Great Reset podcast will be right back after this news of another podcast you might be interested in. You should be skeptical of of any vaccine. I think you should be skeptical of anything you put into your body. I think what you shouldn't be is cynical. On this week's World vs. Virus podcast, Anti-Vaxxers, is public skepticism about vaccines a big enough problem to put the whole quest for a global vaccine against COVID-19 at risk? If you don't believe that the virus is what it is, you know, why would you even bother with a vaccine? We talked to Professors Paul Offit, to the co-inventor of a vaccine, and Heidi Larson, who tracks rumours and lies about vaccinations. Some of the sentiments around vaccines resistors and questioners are very much aligned with some of the issues around populism. That's the fight against anti-vaxxers on World vs. Virus. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you're listening to the Great Reset podcast with highlights from the World Economic Forum's Reset Dialogue on Restoring the Health of People and Planet. Costa Rica is seen as a global environmental success story. In the last few decades, it has reversed the deforestation of its tropical jungles, and it was one of the first countries in the world to set out a plan to become a net-zero greenhouse gas emitter. President Carlos Alvarado Quesada was asked if his country could continue to pursue those policies despite the pandemic and the global economic shock that it's caused. The short answer is yes. We uh, keep these policies because these policies are embedded in a legacy that we have built throughout the years. It's not depending specifically on the, on the moment, but those are long-standing policies. So we are able to, to keep those, but it's more complex than that. I believe this scenario requires us to embrace complexity. That's one first concept I would like to to share, we need to embrace complexity because some of the citizens perhaps don't, don't, don't perceive why within a pandemic that's so harsh and within a context of such high unemployment, topics such as climate change are still relevant for the present and the future of uh, our countries and of humanity. So that's one big challenge. Um, and it's a challenge particularly within democracies because there's lots of debate of, okay, why are you still devoting resources or even time addressing issues of uh, renewable energies or electric vehicles or, or th- those kinds of topics at the time that we are suffering other problems such as the pandemic? That's one of the challenges for, for policymakers and for the whole of the world. So our policies on decarbonization that we launched two years ago are holding there. We're working towards decarbonization of our economy. We are, as we speak, we're working on bringing transportation that's uh, clean and electric to change our transportation system. But it's true that it's a real challenge. Climate change and sustainability, it's not only a challenge in terms of environment. One of the present issues, actually, as the Deputy Secretary General mentioned, it's inequality. And that has a lot to do, for example, with education. What we're seeing today in Costa Rica, but also across the region, is that differences, for example, in education and the level of education within the population are marking who are the ones that are most affected by the pandemic because it's the low and mid-level uh, levels of training for the workforce 
the most affected. Wherever there is a gap in education becomes a gap in income and becomes inequality. And inequality is very dangerous for all the societies and also for the regions. If there is global inequality in the recovery, there is not going to be full recovery for the whole of the world. If there's only packages to finance recovery as a whole for several parts of the world, particularly the ones that are the richest, but the rest of the emerging economies and the poor countries do not benefit from that recovery, the, the rich world and the poor world and the mid-income world as a whole will be harmed. Why? Because global firms and firms and value chains will not recover fully because the emerging markets and poor countries also consume goods and, and trade. Why? Because if there's social distress in emerging economies and poor countries, things as migration, uh, drug trafficking, illegal situations will increase democracies and also political systems will be affected and this will affect the world as a whole. Uh, I do believe that to address things, and I started talking about climate change and ended up talking about global recovery, but that's why it's because it's all connected. That's why we need to embrace complexity. And uh, that's why Costa Rica is uh, launching also an initiative to have a global fund to alleviate COVID economics. We call it FACE. And we need everybody to, to, to be, we need to recruit everybody as a world to have a global recovery. And that goes from climate change, addressing inequality, education, and post-COVID economics. If you think about Europe, if you think about the United States, they have enough resources to fund the re economic response to the COVID-19, and they will have it for the recovery. And in case of Europe, they are not only thinking about COVID, but also thinking about their green plan, which I believe is great. But there's not going to be a global green plan if it's only funded for certain areas. We need to fund it all across the globe. And I think that's the key message we need to put uh, to the General Assembly of the United Nations, but not only to governments. Also, this is relevant for private sector, global private sector. Because there is, if there is not a full recovery, business is not going to be good and we're going to be leaving people behind. Costa Rican President Carlos Alvarado Quesada. You can see the whole Reset Dialogue on restoring the health of people and planet at our website. Visit wf.ch slash podcasts where you'll find the article that accompanies this episode. And on that is all the links you'll need. Among the other speakers you'll be able to see are Afghan President Mohammed Ashraf Ghani. COVID is a hyper-event. It marks a distinction between the past, the present and the future. You can also see Catherine Hayhoe, Director of the Climate Science Centre at the Texas Tech University, who reminds us of why climate change has to remain a fundamental priority. Climate change, of course, is the great threat multiplier. The only reason we care about it is because it affects every other thing we already care about, from the first to the last sustainable development goal to issues of um, economic growth and prosperity. And from the World Health Organization, Chief Scientist Sumya Swaminathan gives us an update on the search for a vaccine. The good news, of course, is that we have so many different vaccine candidates in development in countries and companies around the world, many of them 
are using platforms that have not been used before in humans. Like we, we have these RNA and DNA vaccines, which are completely new. And so if they're successful, this would again be a bit of a paradigm change in vaccine development. Coming up on the next Great Reset podcast. Hello, everybody. It is I, your cute and adorable pal Grover, with a message for listeners at the Great Reset. Sesame Street character Grover joins us along with Sherry Westin, President of Social Impact and Philanthropy at the Sesame Workshop, to talk about how education worldwide has been affected by the pandemic and how we should go about resetting it. COVID-19 pandemic has without a doubt been the greatest disruption to education that the world has ever seen. COVID is both an opportunity and an alarm bell to say, if we don't invest in education, it will be at our peril. Now, hardly any children have access to quality learning. During a global pandemic, what could be more important than this powerful tool of media? That's coming soon on The Great Reset. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody, indeed. My thanks to Gareth Nolan for his help producing the podcast, and thanks to you for listening. Please rate and review it if you can. But until next time, from me, Robin Pomeroy at the World Economic Forum, goodbye.